Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church. thankful i'm thankful for god i'm thankful for all that he is doing i'm thankful for what he's doing in this in this family amen amen trying to weave weave some things together amen to where to where we can truly have the foundation to do the things that he desires for us as as this local body to do in, in this city because how many y'all know there's change coming in this region hmm and how many you know it's coming through you amen I mean, we're not, we're not going to call Jesus down here and he's going to make the change for us. He's, our, he's already made the change. You say, what is that? He's changed us. Amen. And given us the ability, given us the authority, and given us the power, amen, to do the things that he is desiring for us to do. How many of you guys are believing for revival in this land? Not just, not just a revival, a little bit of revival here. No, a revival that changes the city, changes this nation, changes the nations around us. Hey man, I mean, how many of you, how many of you guys are believing for for miracles? I mean, miracles that are so so undeniable. Amen. That it, that it draws even the the unbelievers in, just so they can so they can put their eyes on to see something happen. I mean, how many of you guys are, are are believing for such a tremendous outpouring of His Spirit that we get so engulfed in His glory that we look like lightning bugs, you know, walking around? I mean, this is what happened to Moses. I mean, he got so filled up with the glory he began to glow. Amen. Like the light that was on the end began to shine through him. I mean, Jesus was the same way at the Mount of Transfiguration. Amen. I mean, we, we should get so tapped into the things of God that we begin to glow. Amen. I'm telling you, these are the things, this, th- these are the things that stir me. This is the things that, that are moving. This is what I pray. This is why I study. This is, this is why I, I even I teach the word because, because I have such a desire for these things. Amen. To come to pass. I'm telling you why. Because God loves this area. He loves this nation. He loves this island. I'm telling you, he loves Europe, the darkest continent in the world right now. He loves it. He wants it. I mean, he purchased it. He wants it back. Amen. He's trying to build up a people, build up a people to go receive it for himself. Amen. To go receive it for himself. But, but listen, as I was praying, as I was praying this week and, and kind of seeing what the Lord was going to have me to do because I was going in a different direction, yeah, he, he, he began to pause me. He said, listen, listen, no, no, I know we're believing for all these things. We're, we're believing for signs, wonders, and miracles. I mean, to be manifest, you know, daily and weekly and monthly and yearly, you know, in our, in our midst. He said, but, but listen, he goes, Let's, he wants to bring a little bit of a balance into our teaching, a little bit of a balance into, into, into what we're believing for. Not, not that what we believe for is wrong. I mean, this is what we should be believing for. This is, this is the kingdom. This is what we believe for. Amen. But, but more in an effort of, of a preventative maintenance. I mean, if you know, if you know what I mean by, by saying a, a preventative maintenance, you know, when I, you know, when I uh, lived back in the States and me and Kimberly, uh, Kimberly, when we had, we had our own company at that time, it was a, it was a lorry company. And we went out and we purchased crude oil out in the, out in the middle of the country. And we brought it and we sold it to refineries and we sold it to pipelines. And, and with these big lorries, they, you know, they carry about 85,000 pounds. I don't know what that is in, in kilos, but they, but they, they can carry about 80 to 85,000 pounds legally in the U S and, and when they carry that kind of weight in it, 
it's hazardous material. Listen, church, monthly or, or bi-monthly, you, you take them into the shop and they get a PM. They get preventative maintenance. You say, what does that mean? You, they go in there and someone looks over the vehicle. They look over these lorries. They, they grease them up. They check the tires. They check the brakes. They, they check the hoses. They, they give them an oil change. Why? Because they're, they're trying to prevent something catastrophic from taking place. Now, something that may take, you know, cost five or 600 or 800 quid, you know, can stop, can stop something that can cost 50 or 100 or 200,000. Amen. So you go and you do some preventative maintenance. Why? To, to keep everything in order, to catch something from going off, off course before, before it gets there. Amen. You see, when, you know, if we, if we, if we don't get, if we do get off course, listen, we're, it's going to be hard for us to, to, to hear from the things of God and we'll end up doing what we'll end up limiting his ability in us, you know, to work through us, I mean, to do the things that he's desiring to do in this area. See, see, we say we believe for revival. See, God's desiring to, to rejuvenate this land. I mean, this land was, this land was once filled up with, with saints and scholars, amen, not with darkness, amen. It was once filled up with that, and I'm telling you, it's still here. There's wells that have been dug in this land, and he's looking for a people that can sit so pinpointed towards him that, uh, that they'll go and they start digging up these wells again and allowing, allowing his spirit to flow through this land, amen, because I'm telling you, the revival that's coming through Europe, it's going to come through this land. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it, it's going to come through Ireland. Amen. The island is going to get so lit. Amen. It's going to be like a, a, like a light bulb of fire here, and God's going to blow on it. And it's going to go, and it's going to receive Europe right in the middle of the, of the greatest you know, apostasy that the world's ever seen. Amen. I'm, I'm telling you, church, and we've been chosen to live in a day like this, and in a time like this. God's chosen us. He's saying, listen, listen, Claire, you know, you know, you could have been born any other time, but I'm choosing you right now. Amen. Because of what we're about to step into is going to be so amazing. He's trusting you with it. I mean, this is amazing stuff. It's amazing stuff if we'll just grab a hold of what he's, of what he's trying to do, what he's wanting to do through us, amen? But people will say, you know, why, why does God want to talk a little bit about balance? If, if we're talking about miracles and power, why do, we need, why do we need balance in those things? I mean, isn't that the demonstration itself? I mean, why, why do we need balance in those things? And I'd say, listen, I think that's a, a very good question. Amen. I, I think it's a very good question to ask, but, but listen, before I delve into that, listen, I, w- I want to lay, start laying a little bit of a foundation here. How many of you know that, that Satan is not a creator? I mean, Satan has power. He has a lot of power, but he's not a creator. I mean, he's not a creator like our God. Our, our, our God is a creator. Our God is someone that, that speaks something and things come into existence. I mean, that's how he created us to be, amen, to where we can speak and things begin to change around us. See, see, Satan's not a creator. He has to use us to create for him. I mean, he's not a creator. He is a, he is a, he is a, he is a manipulator, I guess is the best word. He's an imitator and he's a, he's a manipulator, meaning what? He will see the things that God does and he tries to, to mimic those things. He tries to, 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 to get them to, to look similar or to make it seem like, it's, like he's as, as strong as God. He'll imitate things, but he can't create them. Amen. Now he'll manipulate things, amen, manipulate us, amen, so we can begin to create for him. Amen. Because yeah, this, this is his MO. This is how he desires to do things. But the fact of the matter is, church, that we got to understand is he does have power. He may be an imitator. He may be a manipulator. But church, he has power. Amen. He, he, has, he has a lot of power. Amen. That's why we don't go to him in the natural. We don't got to come in our own strength and our own power and our own willpower. This in church, you're going to lose every time. Amen. We got to come in the strength of the, of the kingdom that's on the inside of us. Amen. Allow, allow that authority to push back darkness. Amen. We fight spirit with spirit, not, not spirit with, with, with natural strength. Amen. Because we will, we will lose. Amen. But he may have power and he may have a lot of it. But listen, church, it is quite inferior. 
I mean, it's quite inferior to the power of God. I mean, see, a lot of us, I think, a lot of the church nowadays, they think they have this idea that, that you have God and then you have Satan, and, and, and he's the counterpart of God, and he's not. No, he is the created being. He, he's, he's definitely underneath God. He may have power, I mean, but he's not God's counterpart. He's not the opposite of God. Amen. God has no opposite. <laughs> Amen. He, he, is, he is all things. He, he is the creator of all things. I mean, he is the standard. He is, he is the benchmark. Amen. So let's go here. Let's go here to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And let's kind of lay down a little bit of, a little bit of foundation here. And there's really only one verse I want to, I want to get on. But while I'm here, I got to touch on this because this is, this is like one of my scriptures that it seems like for the last about three years, the Lord has just been stirring it over and over and over in me. And uh, so I'm, I'm, we're going to talk about it here for a second anyhow, just because I want these things to stir on the inside of you as well. Now, in 2 Timothy, if y'all remember, right, this is in 2 Timothy chapter 3, this is, this is uh, the apostle Paul, the spiritual father of, of Timothy. I mean, he's talking to his spiritual son here, and he's talking to him about, about the coming apostasy, Amen. The coming apostasy that, that, that is coming. Now, how many of y'all know that we're neck deep in that apostasy? You know, Paul saw this. He saw it 2,000 years down the way, and he's, he's looking at the, the age and the time we're living in right now. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, well listen, I don't know if I've told you these stats, statistics or not, but I probably have because I, because I want to tell these people so people understand where we're at. But there's, a, there's a company in the, in the U.S. called the Barna Group. And they, and they do church statistics. They're, 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 they're constantly monitoring what's going on in the church, what's, what's going up, what's going down. Now, they, they started this one statistic back in the year of 2000, amen, and they just released it in 2021 after they, after they uh, 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 surveyed hundreds, hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, they found out in, in, in the year 2000, in the U.S. alone, and if U.S. is kind of the benchmark for a kind of, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if it is the benchmark, but that, I guess it's considered the benchmark of what Christianity is looking like through, through the nations. But they, they, and it, uh, they, they called all these people, and that 45%, so out of 100% of people, 45% of them consider themselves practicing Christians. 45%. I mean, that's pretty weak. Amen. But but 45% were, were practicing Christians, people that went to church, people that studied the word of God, people that pray. Amen. Now, and if you move forward all the way to 2021, that, that figure dropped from 45% to less than 23%. There is a 50% decline, amen, in the amount of people that consider themselves practicing Christians. 50% decline in 20 years, amen, of people that, that consider themselves practicing Christians. That means one out of every four people in the U.S. consider themselves a Christian. You say, what happened to the other, other 50% that left? Listen, that's a, you know, it said they were kind of split in half. Half of them, you know, 50% of them d d decided they were, they'll consider themselves Christians, but, but they're not going to get involved in anything. They're, they don't go to church. They're not doing anything. They're not going to serve God anymore. But yeah, I'll still call myself a Christian, you know, whatever that means. Amen. Then you have the other 50% that they completely walked away from everything. They don't use the term Christian anymore. They became, you know, another religion. They became atheist or they became a humanist or, or they became a Buddhist or a Muslim. They, they walked away from God completely. I mean, it's a 50% decline. Church, we're, we're right in the middle of the apostasy. Amen. This isn't something to, to, to get us down in the dump. So this, this, this is something that needs to get us charged to move forward. Amen. To recognize the day we're in to where we can begin to push for, we can give the gospel, we can go heal the sick. We, we need to do the things that God has prepared us to do. Why? Because there's a mass, there's a mass exodus, amen, from the churches. I mean, you look, look at this church around here. 
Amen. A church that, that, that teaches the word of God. Amen. That the Holy Spirit shows up every single service that people get healed. Amen. And, and this place should be filled. I mean, I know, I know it's a new, I know it's a baby church, but it should be filled. But why is it not? Because people are walking away. Why? Because they want, they want something real. They're looking for something real. Amen. But church, we got to give it to them. We got to give it to them. Amen. You know, in the midst of, of the great apostasy, this is when the greatest revival is going to take place. Amen. Why, why there's a mass exodus, you know, the, the real church, amen, is going to emerge, amen, and it is going to bring the greatest harvest where Jesus is going to come and receive his church, amen, and set up his throne back here on this earth. I'm telling you, church, I'm telling you, that's exciting stuff. I can't wait for it. But you say, what is the apostasy? Amen. For all, you, for all, the, for all the younger people in here, what, what does apostasy mean? It means to walk away from the faith. I mean, to walk away through faith, and, you see, and you're going to see this term quite a bit in, in, in the scriptures. I mean, it's to walk away from the faith. It's, it's when you're walking towards salvation, you're walking towards the kingdom, amen, but you decide to go in a different direction. You decide to serve something different. You say, what is that? Decide to serve money. You decide to serve your job. You decide, try to serve your family. You try to serve yourself or your own desires. Amen. Now, whether, whether we realize these things or not, those are all code words for serving the kingdom of darkness. Amen. See, so you can't serve anything and serve him. You can't have two masters in your life. There's only two of them. I mean, there's two masters. You've got the kingdom of darkness and you've got the kingdom of God. Amen. There's, there's only one or the other. Amen. So it's either you're serving him or you're serving him not. Amen. It's one, it's one of the two. We need to figure out where we are. But anyhow, here, let me get in this verse here. It says, it says in verse 1 in chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, it says, This know, he says that in the last days which we are in, he says, perilous, perilous times shall come. We're right in the middle of them. He says, men shall be lovers of, them own, of their own selves. They're going to be covetous. They're going to be boasters. They're going to be proud. They're going to be blasphemers. They're going to be disobedient to parents, both your natural parents and your spiritual parents. They're going to be unthankful. They're going to be unholy. They're going to be, they're going to be unseparated from the world is what that's saying. You know, it, it reminds me a whole lot of what the church looks like nowadays. We, what do we do? We grab as much of the world and we bring it into the church and we say, now the, now the world's going to love us. No, the world's still going to hate you. Amen. That's part, of the, that's part of the apostasy where you try to take the world and bring, no, we're called to be separate from the world. Amen. I'm telling you, the world, whether we realize it or not, they're looking for something different. Amen. Why, who, why, if they, if they, why can't I join a social club like this on a Wednesday night when they go hang out at the pub? No, they want something different. They want something with power. They want something that's real. He says they're unholy, without natural affections, truce breakers, False accusers, incontinent, meaning have no self-control or, or restraint. They're fierce despisers of those things that are good. Traitors, it says they're heady, meaning they're, that, they're, that they're rash or violent. They're high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasing their flesh. Lovers of pleasing their mind more than they are than, than pleasing the things of God. He, he continues on, he says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. He goes, from such, he says, turn away from them. I'm telling you, that, that, that just, that rings on the inside of me. He's saying, such, Timothy, speaking to his son, he says, son, listen, these, these people don't, you turn away from them. You turn away from, why? Because they, they have a form of religion. I mean, they have a form of religion, but they're denying the power thereof. Amen. What does that mean? That means they may be part of the church. 
They may, they may not be part of the church, but they, but they call themselves Christians. They, you know, they, they, they have a form of a religion. They have a form of piety among them, but they, but they deny the power thereof. You say, what's that power? This is the grace of God that he's bestowed upon each and every one of us. See, there's this, there's this permissive grace out there that, that God, you know, he's given us this grace, his unmerited, his, this unmerited favor that he's given for each and every one of us that we, that we can't earn, that it's undeserved, his, his favor and his kindness, amen? And we use this as it is a, uh, many times as a permissive thing that since I have this, I don't have to work for it. God loves me, so now I can begin to do everything I want. And listen, church, this, this is not what grace is intended for. I mean, yes, God loves you. Yes, he loves you in your sin. Yes, he's going after you. But listen, church, this is not what grace was designed for. Grace was designed for an empowerment in your life. You say, what for? An empowerment to what? To deliver you out of darkness. To deliver you so you can help deliver other people out of darkness. See, it's this grace that he's bestowed upon us that cast out devils. Amen. It's that grace that he's bestowed upon us that, that heals the sick, that raises the dead. Amen. It's an empowering grace that he put upon us. Amen. So we can be the sons and daughters that he's called us to be. It's not religion. It's the kingdom. It says having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, denying that supernatural, explosive, dunamis power. He says stay away from them. Now let me read this. Let me read verse six in the Amplified. It says, "For among them are those who worm their way into homes, and they captivate silly and weak-natured uh, and spiritually dwarfed women." And I'll, and I'll add men to that as well. Loaded down with the burden of their sins and easily swayed and, and laid away by 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 various evil desires and seductive impulses. Whew. He says they're ever learning, but they're never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. He says they're, they're ever learning. They're, they're studying the word. They, they know a lot about the word. They can probably quote all kinds of scriptures to you. He says, but they, but they can't find truth. They, they deny the truth, the knowledge of the truth. And then in verse 8, the one I wanted to get to here. He says, now as Yannis and Yambres withstood Moses, he said, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobates concerning the faith, reprobates, counterfeits, rejected concerning the faith. You know, now most people, most people look at these and you wonder who, who Giannis and, and Yambra says, well, mo most theologians will, will say this is the two magicians, or you could say the two witches, amen, that, that, that withstood Moses when he went to free the Israelites out of Egypt, right? Now, now just hold your finger there and let, you know, and go, and go to Exodus 7. Let's just kind of bounce around in the word a little bit. Now, now listen, in Exodus 7 through somewhere around 11, you'll find that, that there are 10 signs, there are 10 miracles, 10, 10, 10 things that, that God did through Moses to try to put pressure on Pharaoh, on, uh, pressure on the Egyptians, right, to where what? To where he would release his people. Amen. And he was doing these things through Moses. And we, we find, you know, what, what did he do? He, you know, the, the, you know, he, he did his rod became a serpent and then the, the water became blood. And then the, the plague of frogs, you see the, the plague of lice, the, the swarm of flies, the, the death of the Egyptian cattle, the, the plague of the boils coming upon all the people, the plague of hell and fire destroying everything, the plague of the locusts coming up and devouring all of their crops. And then you see what the, the last plague, the, the last 
last plague. Which one was that? That was the where the firstborn, the firstborn children, the firstborn sons were were were. were were taken, amen, from, from these people. Why? Because God was trying to get their attention. But see, these witches, these magicians, they were able to keep up with Moses. They were able to keep up with God into a certain point, right? Y'all remember the stories here? You know, if you, if you look in, in, in chapter 7, what happened? The first thing that, that, that God told him to do, he said, listen, go throw your staff down in, in, front, of, in front of Pharaoh and it'll turn into a snake, amen? And that, this is where we're going to start, this, and then it's going to start escalating from there. So what did he do? He said, Aaron, throw down your staff when, when Pharaoh said, no, no, I'm not going to let your people go. He threw down his staff, and what did the magicians do? They, they went over there, they grabbed their staffs, they threw them down too. Amen. What happened? Their, their staffs turned into snakes just like Aaron's staff did. But what happened? Amen. See, the, 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 the counterfeit is always inferior, amen, to what God's doing. So what happened? The staff of Aaron went over there and it consumed, it ate the two, the two snakes of them. And then what did he do? He grabbed it back and it turned into a staff again. Amen. And he still said, no, I'm not going to let him go. Then what did they do? They, they turned the water to blood. Amen. God, you know, God, you know, made the water turn blood. What, what did Giannis and, and Yambras do? They went in and they turned water blood again. Amen. They had power. Amen. Then, then it came to the place of the plague of lice. Now that plague of lice is, is more likened to uh, biting gnats and mosquitoes. Amen. So, so what happened? Yeah, or I think I skipped one there. I think there was a plague of frogs. Yeah, the plague of frogs came, came, came forth. Amen. And, and I mean, could you imagine having a bunch of nasty frogs unless you like to eat them? I mean, a bunch of nasty frogs all around you. Amen. And what did they do? They, they went and they called the frogs and they came up as well. And then, then the plague of, of lice came upon them. Then the plague of the mosquitoes came, came upon them. And see, God, when he kept on escalating these things, I guess, you know, he didn't get all the frogs and bring them up into the city. But see, he had to, he had to get every biting gnat, every mosquito, and bring every single one of them into that city to begin to, 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 to inflict torture, I guess, upon these people. And you say, why is that? Because, because Giannis and Ziambre, the they, they said, we can't do this. Amen. They looked, they said they tried to, to do their enchantments and bring forth the, the mosquitoes, but they could not. And there was no lice and there, then there was uh, for, there was so much lice upon the men and the beasts. but check this out for, for so them to, to save their own hide in the face of Pharaoh in verse 19, it says, then, then the magician said unto Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. So these guys said, listen, we can't do this. Yeah, we can't get any more. We can't get any more of these things to, to come out. There, there's too many mosquitoes. There's too many of them. We can't, we can't create. We can't counterfeit. We can't imitate what God or what Moses did by the power of God here. This must be actually the finger of God. And then it got progressively worse from there than the, the death of the cattle, than the boils, and so on and so forth. And they couldn't replicate any of those things. They couldn't replicate any of those things, but they, they held with them for several, for, several, for several miracles. You say, why is that? Because darkness has power. Listen, church, we got to understand this. Darkness, it has power. We're not the only ones walking around with, with power. And ours is superior, but we, we, we're not the only ones walking around with power. Darkness has power. Now, listen to some of these things as, as, uh, as the Lord was giving me some of these examples here. Go to Acts. Go with me to Acts chapter 19. And these are all things that we know, we know very well. We know, we know these scriptures well. This is when, in Acts 19, this is when the revival broke out in Ephesus. Because see, when revival breaks out, listen, churches, the counterfeit tries to come and mimic. The, the counterfeit tries to come in and get people off course, off, 
off of what God's trying to do. I mean, this is exactly what happened here in Ephesus. You know, you know, amazing things started happening. I mean, they're you know they're taking you know rags and towels from Paul and they're laying them on the sick and they're getting healed. I mean, amazing things were happening. He was there for two years, I believe it was, in Ephesus, and amazing things that broke out. But then you started seeing stuff like this: the, the seven sons of Sceva came came upon the scene. They came upon the scene. And we find out here in verse 13, out of chapter 19, out in Acts, it says, Then a certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, they took upon themselves to call on the evil spirits in the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus who Paul is preaching. We adjure you by, by the Jesus who Paul is preaching. Now, listen, th- you know, many of us, I think when we read this, we think, oh, well, this is probably just the first time they're trying to do that. They're trying to, you know, see if they, if they could do what Paul was doing. But, th- but I don't believe that's what the case was. I believe they've had some success with this. See, if you look at this, in, you know, in the Amplified here, it says, to call on the name of the Lord Jesus, whom had, whom, uh, of, let me read that again. To call on the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. And so what were they doing? They're going around. They're going around. They had a little bit of success with this. They were, they were speaking the name of Jesus, amen, and devils were coming off people. You say, well, how in the world can that happen, amen, with, with people that aren't Christians? Isn't that only for Christians to be able to do that? Well, listen, I'm telling you, there's power in the name. See, there's authority in the name. See, see, devils, they, they know that they've been defeated. They, see, we, Christians, sometimes we don't know that they've been defeated, but see, they know they've been defeated. Amen, they've been defeated. Jesus came down, and this is what Christus Victor is all about. Jesus came down, and he already defeated death, hell, and the grave. He already defeated Satan. He already, he already closed his shop. I mean, he's already been defeated, and they know that. So if someone goes out, and they start using the name of Jesus, man, some of those devils just get, get a little bit nervous, and they go ahead and take off, and they run out of there, Right? They, they get a little nervous at what's going on. So they, they take off and leave. But see, not all of them are going to do that. Some may push back a little bit. Some may say, well, you, you, say, you say you have the name of Jesus. You say you're in union with him. I'm going to push back on you and see if he backs you up. Amen. And that's what happened in this case. They said, we adjure you. We command you, and, you know, to, to leave this man. We cast you out in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. And then verse 15, it says, and then the evil spirit answered him. He said, Jesus I know and Paul I know. He said, but who the heck are you? Jesus I know. I know him. Paul, I, I know him. I'm getting to know him. You know, but, but, but who are you? Who are you to be commanding me? He, this devil, he wasn't going to have it. He started pushing back a little bit on, on these guys. And it says, and the man in whom, uh, the man in whom the evil spirits leaped upon them and overcame them and prevailed them, he stripped them naked and beat them up and sent them down the road. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is absolutely amazing. There are seven, seven of these men there trying to cast this guy out. And what happened? One man filled with demonic power. What did he do? He jumped on all seven of these guys, beat them to a pulp, then embarrassed them, stripped them naked, and sent them on down the road and said, Get on about your business naked. Go back home. I tell you why. He had power. He, he had power. Amen. But, but I find this fascinating here. I find this fascinating here. Like if, you, if, you, if you look here in, in, in verse 15, it says, it says the, 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 the devil, uh, no, that, that's verse 15. The devil answered him. I mean, he said, he said, I know. He goes, Jesus, I know. And he goes, Paul, I know. He goes, but who are you? You know, if you, if you look at this, these are two different Greek words for no. Uh, when he says, I know Jesus. I mean, this is, this is that, that Greek word, gnosko. 
right? So this, that, what does that mean? That's the word to me, have an intimate knowledge of him. You say, well, how could that devil have intimate knowledge? Because he served Jesus for, 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 for a long time. Amen. You know, he was with Satan. Satan served Jesus for a long time. Amen. They, they, they were underneath their authority. They were underneath their rule until Satan rebelled. Amen. And took a third of the third of the angels with them. Amen. So they know Jesus. They know him intimately. He's, so this is what that devil was saying. Listen, he goes, Jesus, I know you're using Jesus. I know, I know him intimately. I mean, I was with them in, in heaven for many years. I know him intimately. He says, Paul, Paul, he didn't, he didn't use this word gnosko for him. He used this word for Paul. This uh, is a Greek word, uh, epi, epistame. Let me see if I can pronounce that correctly here. Epi, epistame. <laughs> Amen. I get my accent on the, right, on the right spot. But that does not mean intimate knowledge of. That, that word means to have a knowledge of Paul, or, or he's saying gaining a knowledge by prolonged acquaintance. So he's saying, listen, I intimately know Jesus. But this Paul that you're talking of, the one that he's been using this name and having this yeah, I'm getting to know him real well. I'm getting to know him real because everywhere I go, I mean, he's casting out devils. He, he's, he's, he's pushing off sickness. I'm getting to know him real well. I don't know him intimately yet, but I'm getting to know him real well. But I, I have no clue who you are. So what did he do? He began to push back. And when he pushed back, and listen, church, if you don't have the kingdom backing you back up, listen, church, you're going to fail. Amen. You are going to fail 100% of the time. Amen. We need, we, need to be, we need to be looking for, you know, uh, to be sensitive unto these things to where we, to where we know, church, you know, do we, have a, do we have a sense that we know what people are doing around us? Amen. I don't know a better way of, of saying that, but listen, church, we, we got we to gotta get to a wee bit of sensitivity on that. Back up to, to 16. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's go, let's, let's go to 16. Acts chapter 16. And this is another, this is another story we know where, where you see, can see power. You can see, you know, uh, the, the miraculous come from the adversary. Amen. We know this is when, when Paul and Silas, they're going through, they're going through Philippi. I mean, they, they went and they, they went down to, to a city now that's called, or a little village or a town that's called Lydia. Now they got, they got a woman named Lydia saved and some people that are with her. So what do they do? They're, they're going, they kept on going to pray. They kept on going to pray with him. He, he was going through the marketplace, right? He was going to the, to the place of prayer. And there was this woman, amen, that began to follow him. In verse 16, it says, And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, he goes, A certain damsel uh, possessed with the spirit of divination, or some tra translations may say that the spirit of Python, amen, uh, uh, they met us and they brought her master as much gain by soothsaying. Amen. What does that mean? This, 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 this lady that was going, going forth, the spirit of Python. Python was, was the, one of the Greek goddesses of, of prophecy. Amen. So she, so she, what was she doing? She was going up, she was prophesying, she was speaking, she was speaking, she was speaking, she was speaking things that people didn't know. Amen. She was given knowledge. I mean, of things that weren't known. She was a, she was a, a, a person or a person of divination. She was a person that, uh, that, uh, is a fortune teller. Amen. See, a lot of people think, you know, fortune tellers, all this, all these people that do some of that magic and stuff, that tarot cards and all this kind of junk that it's all fake. No, it's not fake. There's power in it. Amen. It's just not the right kind of power. 
Amen. We, we better mind why, because you're going to open yourself up to receive that kind of power if you if you yield unto it, right? So what? So what did Paul do? You know, this lady started 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 prophesying to him, and she wasn't she wasn't lying. She was telling the truth. What was she saying? These these men are servants of the Most High God. I mean, they're, they're coming here to show you the way into salvation. She was speaking forth words of truth. Amen. Words of truth. That's exactly what what he was called to do. Exactly what he was going through there. So what happened after this happened? At day after day after day, Holy Spirit. Amen. Gave him a word of knowledge. He turned around, rebuked the devil, got himself put in jail. Amen. Got himself put into jail. Amen. But you say, what am I trying to point out? Listen, devils can know things. They know things. Amen. See, see, we, in, in, in the kingdom, you go through 1 Corinthians, you know, chapter 12 and chapter 14, you'll find out that, that word, we have words of knowledge, words of wisdom. Listen, by the Holy Ghost, you can speak things into people's life. You can know, know things that are going to happen in the future. You can know things that are going on right now by the Holy Ghost. But listen, church, I'm telling you, the adversary, he studied man for many of years. He knows the word very well. He studied each and every one of us. He knows things that are going on in your life. Amen. And he will, he will use things to manipulate you. Why? Because if he can manipulate Manipulate you, he can then steal, kill, and destroy in your life. He can steal the word from you. He can kill your relationships around you, and then he'll destroy you. I mean, then he'll destroy you. He'll destroy everything about you. I'm telling you, not only do they have power, they have they have the ability to speak things. I mean, they have knowledge of things. Let me give you let me give you an example here. You know, in the, in the U.S., there is this, there is this lady. She she was a a prophetess, right? Supposedly. A prophetess, and she she went to, to many to many and many of churches, amen. She had very extraordinary words of knowledge for people. I mean, extraordinary. Now I don't know. Now I don't know if this lady was always yielding to familiar spirits, or if just greed grabbed a hold of her. I mean, she started yielding to them so she could so she could make a fortune for herself. I don't. I don't know. I don't know because I don't know who she was before before you know in the, in this time. But I know by this time she was yielding to 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 familiar spirits, demonic spirits. Amen. She she'd get up in the congregation. You know, and this then I remember this at this was at a huge church. She she got up started started giving off prophet, prophetic words. Amen. I know, I know you, I know you're, you're taking this kind of medication. It's this, I can see your, your, your prescription tablet bottle and it says this, 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 and this, and the numbers on this, it expires on this date. And then she'd look over at this person. I know exactly where you live. I can see a piece of mail. You know, you live on this place. You, you moved from that place and now you live over here. And she started giving very intricate words of knowledge. Listen, church, the Holy Ghost doesn't need to do those things. Why? Because see, see, the Holy Ghost, if, he wants to, if he's going to heal you, he'll, he'll lay hands on He'll heal you or he'll heal you while you're worshiping, whatever it may be. But he doesn't have to give you some kind of intricate knowledge, amen, to read your mail to get you to believe on something. That's not how he works. Amen. He comes with, he comes with power. And you say, well, how do you, how do you know? Listen, as, as, you, as I continue to do, she kept on, on giving these words out to people. Amen. And then she started looking at this congregation and said, you're pink. You're brown. You are yellow, you are red, you're black, you're purple, you're green, you're, you're pink. And, and went down and probably threw about 40, 30 to 40 people. Amen. And then, and then she said, all right, now, now reach into your pocketbook. Reach into your handbag. Reach into your pocket. Amen. Now pull out your checkbook. And that's the color of your checkbook. I want you to come up here to the front. And everyone will be like, wow, that's amazing. 
that, that's the exact color I had. The people all walk up to the front. She said, the Lord tells you, you write the largest offering you can right now, and he'll give you, he'll give you the desire of your heart. He'll give you the healing you're needing. He'll give you this, that, and the other. And I'm telling you, church, this, all it is is a manipulation. It's a manipulation. But I'm telling you, church, devils know things. We, we, can't, we can't fall for these things. Amen? Because I'm telling you, when revival starts coming in, when amazing things start, start putting forth, listen, church, we've we got to be able to discern between what's of God and what is not of God. You say, why am I saying all these things? Listen, church, I'm not trying to scare you about things. But listen, church, we've got, we got to know our adversary. Amen. We got to know his tactics. We got to know we can't be ignorant to his devices and the and the and the way he desires to do things. Why? Because because Satan and his kingdom they have knowledge. Satan and his kingdom they do have power, and we can't deny those things. We just got to know how that we have more authority over them. Amen. So what does Satan do with his power? What does he do with this? What the things that he has? He doesn't do it to glorify God. Amen. Everything he does is not to glorify God. He uses, he uses his power, uses his authority to destroy the things that God fancies, amen, that, that God loves, amen, the, the things that God is coming after. This is, this is what he uses his power for. He comes against his passion. You say, what is that? It's his people. It's his. It's, 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 it's his. I mean, how many, how many I know we're always gods. I mean, we got stolen. And then what happened? Just like Pastor Kimberly was talking about on Sunday, but Jesus, he purchased us back what got robbed from him. Amen. With, with his own blood. Amen. But see, this is what the adversary is continually trying to do, continually trying to steal. Amen. What, it, what is God's? Amen. This is his MO. He manipulates, he intimidates, and he controls. He intimidates, he manipulates, and he controls. This is the calling card of the occult. And you ever walk into a place and there's intimidation, manipulation, and control? Listen, church, that's the calling caller to the cult. Amen. You need to back up. Amen. And, and go, go about your business. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. You know, so how can we discern between these two? Listen, we, we, got, we, got, to know, we, got, to, we got to know that these things are easily to be discerned. It's not, it's not something difficult. They're easy to be discerned. Amen. But listen, as, as I said before, Satan is not going about doing the same things that God is doing. I mean, he does, he does the opposite of what God's doing. He does the counterfeit. He tries to manipulate those things, right? So why? Because he doesn't want to bring God glory. Amen. So, so what is he? he's not going around healing people. I mean, he's not going around bringing peace into a room. He's not coming to bring peace into your family. He's not going around casting out devils. Why? Because Jesus said this himself. If, if, if a house is divided against itself, it will fall. You know, Satan's not trying to divide and, and destroy his own kingdom. No, he's trying to destroy God's. Amen. So we'd be doing things that are opposite. Amen. But, but it'll, look, it'll, look like it's, it's, it'll look like it's powerful. So the first thing we do, listen, we can't, we can't judge things and say it's of God just because it's supernatural or because there's power associated with it. I mean, because just because there's power, listen, church, you may get deceived. Amen. Just because it's supernatural, listen, Satan lives in the, in the supernatural realm. Amen. So we can't, we can't say, oh, well, that, that was supernatural. That was power. I no one could have known that. Only they could have known that. Or, 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 you know, no one could have called my checkbook out. Man, that must be God telling me to, to clean it out and give it to this person. Amen. We, we can't do those things. Amen. We got, we got to be sensitive. We got to have, we got to, we got to hear the unction from the Holy Spirit in everything that we're doing. So what do we do? We, we have to get intimate church. I mean, as we say, this will be something you hear a hundred times around this. The only, the only way we can have our guard up against the adversary is being intimate with Holy Spirit and intimate with his word intimate with Holy Spirit and intimate with his word. I mean, this will give you the barrier. This will give you the unction to where when the Holy Spirit comes and he gives you a check on the inside, I mean, you, you put the brakes on. 
Amen. A red light starts going off on the inside of you. You put the brakes on. A buzzer goes off on the inside of you. You put the brakes on. I'm telling you, I've been, I've been in church, sir. I've been in services when, when the Holy Spirit just starts screaming on the inside of me. It's just a, a red light just blinking, 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 blinking. My Bible shuts. My, 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 my notepad shuts, and, and I'm done. I'm checked out. I'm not going to listen to anything else that's going on there. Why? Because that's the Holy Spirit trying to reveal something on the inside of me. Don't, don't pay attention. That's rubbish. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. Amen. And he's not wanting us to receive those things. We, we, got, we got to hear from that unction from Holy Spirit. We got to be led by him in everything that we're doing. I'm telling you, church, he's leading, but are we following? I mean, he's leading, but are we following? Here in, in Matthew chapter 24, in Matthew chapter 24, verses 24 and 25, the, uh, the Lord, the Jesus himself says here, he goes for, and he's talking about the end times here. He says, there, for there shall, there shall rise there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and they'll show great signs and wonders insomuch that, that if it were possible, they shall deceive the elect. Who's the elect? That, that's, that's us. That's a church. He says, behold, he says, take a look and understand these things. I've told you before. I've told you before they've happened. He goes, I'm giving you a forewarning of these things. I'm, I'm speaking something in your life. Why? So, so when that darkness, when the supernatural comes around you and it's not, and it's not me, it's not the Holy Spirit, you don't fall for these things. You don't get deceived. Amen. Why? Because I've given you my spirit. Amen. We should never get deceived on things. Why? Because we have Holy Ghost. If we'll just listen to him, amen, we'll, 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 we'll stay on the, on the right track. Jesus is saying, listen, don't fall for these things because they are coming. Amen. Now, as I begin to study, as I begin to study for this week, and and, and I was actually wanting to to minister on on uh, John chapter uh, early part of, of John chapter four there when God kind of started shifting me in a different direction. But He asked me this question. He said, He said, Now, do you have to believe it to see it? Do you have to believe? I said, No, Lord. You, you know, I don't have to believe it to see it. Your Word says that we're that we walk by faith, not by sight. I don't have to see it. I don't have to see it before I believe it. He says, does, does my church, do we have to see it before we believe it? Do we have to see it before we believe it or we'll just trust him because his word or trust him because the leading of the spirit? Hmm? He says, like, can, you, can you just trust me? Can you follow me? Can you believe in me just without seeing me? Hmm? Can, we, can we believe that can we believe that, uh, can you believe that you're in revival and not actually see the end product yet? Can you believe that you're healed and not feel it yet? Can you, can you believe in restoration of your family even when they hate you still? Hmm? Can you believe that you're called that you're the ones that are called to change the culture of a nation. You're the ones that are called to, to change the culture of a city, even if you don't feel it. Even if you don't feel that calling upon you, can, can you believe it? Can you believe it just because his word says it? Can you believe it just because Holy Spirit's leading you to do something? Because listen, church, if we have to feel it, if we have to see it, if we have to feel it or see it before we'll ever take the step or ever, or ever desire to do something, listen, this is when we open ourselves up for the adversary to come in and manipulate us. Why? Because he'll give us a feeling. 
I mean, he'll, he'll show us some power. I mean, he'll give us a word of knowledge. I mean, he'll, he'll put these things in front of our face. Why? To, to get us distracted and get us veered off into the wrong direction. Amen. What do we need? We, we need to be people that, that, that believe his word, believe that the word, the rhema word that he speaks into our hearts and the logos word that we have in front of us. Believe both of them. I mean, and follow it, follow it blindly, if you will. Not blindly that you can't see, but, but blindly not, not going by our senses, going, going by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And everything that we're doing. Amen. So listen, so yeah, I got a few more minutes here. Well, well I'm, I'm, I know I'm kind of just rambling around here. Listen, church, but, but, uh, in, in John chapter two, and I'll, I'll finish off with these John verses here. In John chapter two, You know, this is this is this is a story of when and when Jesus it was the first miracle he ever did when he when he changed water into wine amazing miracle right amazing miracle here and then and we find here in verse 23 here it says now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast days many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. Now, which miracle was it that he did? It was this miracle of turning water into wine, right? It, it, was, a, it was a miracle. That was the first miracle he did. So, so what is a miracle? You know, what, what is a miracle? What is a miracle that takes place? It's a, it's a supernatural change. It's a supernatural change in the natural order of the, uh, the natural order of the law of nature, Amen. It's a supernatural change in the natural order of the law of nature on this earth. What does that mean? See, there's a law of gravity, right? Now, if you were to levitate, amen, that's, that would be a miracle. Amen. You, and it's happened. You know, you can levitate. That, that's a miracle. If you, if you don't have a heart in your chest or if you have a dead heart in your chest right, and God gives you a new one, that's a miracle. Amen. As a matter of fact, my pastor, yeah, he when one of the when he was early on, I think it was in the in the early '90s, he was he was ministering the word over over in Dublin, Dundalk or Dublin, one of the two, and he spoke to a man in the back, and he said, he said, God just told me He's given you a new heart. Now he thought he was like one of those mean Irishmen that was beating his wife or something, you know. So he thought he was just going to make him a nice guy or something like that. But but that guy, he went, he, he was actually on his way down to Dublin, Amen, to get to 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 get work done on his heart because he because he was about to die, Amen. They went, they they. They did the MRI or whatever it is, and they, they looked over his heart, and they said, man, I don't know whose heart this is. you got a brand new heart. Amen. This guy, his name was Joe. He, was, he ended up pastoring a church down. He, he planted and pastored a church down in Killarney, and he was there for many years. He just passed away and went to go with the Lord a few years back. But, but I'm telling you, I sat there and heard him tell me the story. He said, I was sitting back there, and he said, as soon as you pointed your finger at me, he goes, I could feel the glory of God come all over me, come all over me. And God gave me a new heart. I couldn't wait to get down to the hospital. Amen. It, it was such a, a miraculous thing in his life. He went and started a church. Amen. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. But that was a miracle. Amen. That was a miracle. Uh, you know, there's a guy named Joe Morris. He's a great end times preacher. He talks, I love this example that he gives. He went to pray for a person that God said he's going to give someone a new knuckle, new knuckles in their hands. I mean, he thought someone may have had arthritis. He was just going to lay hands on them. This lady came up there. She had no fingers, no knuckles at all. Amen. She said, I was born with no, I was born with no fingers, you know, and God said, he's going, I think he's talking to me. So he laid hands on that lady. What happened? Fingers just started coming out of her hand. Amen. Freaked the whole, whole congregation out. Amen. The glory of God fell in that place and revival started. Amen. Oh, I, cause this is God, that's a miracle. I mean, God's in the miracle business. Amen. This is what he does. But listen, what, what are miracles designed for? 
Why, 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 when, when God is doing them, it's, it's an expression of his unfailing love towards man. It's, it's an expression of his unfailing love to the people to point them towards Jesus, to point them towards, toward, to the Father. Amen. It's, a, it's an invitation to intimacy. He's inviting you. He's saying, listen, listen, I'm real. I'm, I'll actually do everything I said I'm going to do. And he's inviting you to get to know him. He's inviting you into that place of intimacy. But, what is, but when darkness, when the kingdom of darkness does a miracle, what is, it's, it's, it's inviting you into something as well. Amen. what is it inviting you? It's inviting you into death. It's inviting you into darkness. It's inviting you to anything that's contrary to get you to do anything and walk away from the things of God to show, listen, I got power too. Amen. And move you into that direction. Right, we have to be careful on looking at things, you know, believing things just because we see them with our eyes. Yeah, okay. In in, in chapter four, and I'll stop with this. In John chapter four. In John chapter four, this is actually where I wanted to, to minister on, but I'm not even gonna get close to that. So we'll see what the Lord does here, anyhow. In verse forty-eight here, I'll start there in verse forty-six. No, I'll start. I'll start. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go a little further back. This is this is the this is the story of the of the Samaritan woman at the well, right? We we all know this story. I mean, Jesus Jesus was sitting there at the well. This woman came up to him and he's like, "Hey, hey, lovely lady, will you give me a drink of water?" And she said, "No. Why are you talking to me? I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. Jews don't talk to me. They don't talk to us." Amen. And then he started ministering to us, and he said, "Listen, if you know who's talking to you, listen, you, you had known that I would give you the living water. Amen. Water you'd never." had to thirst again. I mean, this, I'll give you rivers of living water, you know, sorry, sorry, ministering to this lady. And she was like, she was like, oh, okay, you know, give, give me that water. And he says, well, go get your husband first. Gave her a word of knowledge. Go get your husband. She said, uh, I don't have a husband. He said, you're absolutely right. You've had five of them. You have five of them. And, and the one you're living with right now is not your husband, you know? And then she, she freaked out. She said, oh, you must be a prophet. Yeah, and she goes, well, where are we supposed to worship? In Jerusalem? Are we supposed to worship over here on this mountain? You know, there's, that's what's causing the divide between us. And he says, listen, there's a time coming, and it is right now where we should worship God in spirit and in truth, right? And she goes, oh, what about, I don't know about all that stuff. When the Messiah comes, he'll tell us all. And he said, I am him. I am him that's speaking to you. The one you're looking for, that's the one talking to you. And she knew it. She knew that she knew that she knew. She took off running, started telling people in the city. Started telling people that people got saved. From, people got, you know, received her word just from what she was saying. Amen. And then they took off and, and came to him. And then uh, what, what is this here in, in, uh, in yeah, in verse 39, it says, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which she testified, and, and told me, she, he said, he told me everything I've ever did. So they believed just because of that, because this woman said, listen, this man told me everything I've ever done. And they said, oh, we believe just because you said that. Right? And then enough to where they all started gathering, to, gathering together and says that all the Samaritans came unto him. They besought him that, they, that he would tarry with them for a couple days, and he did. And it says, many more believed because of his own word. And so, so Jesus just started ministering the word, started preaching, just like I'm doing. I just started talking the word, ministering the word to him. It says that many believed. Amen. He stayed there two days and he left. He went on back down into Judea. I mean, there was a noble man that came up to him here in verse 46. And he said, right, will you come down? And he goes, his son was sick of Capernaum. 
In verse 37, he said, and he had heard of Jesus. He's come out of Judea into Galilee, and he went unto him, and he besought him that he had come down and heal his son, who was at the point of death. And in verse 48, he says, uh, he said, uh, Jesus replied unto him, except you see signs and wonders, he goes, you will not believe. I mean, and that, that, verse, that verse just sat there, and it, it caught me there. You know, Jesus said, you know, unless you see signs and wonders, I mean, he was irritated. Unless you see signs and wonders, you're not going to believe anything. Amen. I mean, it's like, Jesus, this guy just wanted his son healed. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's, all, that's all he wanted. He just wanted his son healed. Why, why was Jesus so irritated at, the, at, at what he was saying? Listen, church, he just, you know, he, he just, he just came back into Galilee where, where they did the, the miracle of the, of the uh, water turning into wine. He's like, listen, you saw all the things that I did. You've heard the things that I've done. Why do I need to come down there and physically lay hands on your son? Why can't you be like the Samaritans? Why can't you be like the people I just came from? Who All they did is hear me. It's heard a word, and they believed it. And they believed it. Amen? And they, and they received. Amen? As simple as that. Why? It's not, see, it's not because Jesus didn't want to heal his son. No, Jesus, Jesus came to heal all of mankind. Amen? That, that's not what he was doing. But listen, he was expecting more, amen, from, from these Jews. He was expecting more from the people that, that already had a, a miracle witness to him when he just came from, from people that, that they considered half-Jews. Amen. See, these Samaritans, the Jews called them, they're half Jews. They considered them dogs. They, they, weren't, they weren't even worthy to talk to. That's why that Samaritan woman was like, why, why are you even talking to me? Why? Because Jews had nothing to do with them. They didn't like them. They were useless people to them. Amen. But these people, all you had to do is speak. All Jesus had to do is speak a word. And they, and they, begin, to, and they begin to receive from them. You know, the word, the word doesn't specify this, but I think it, it alludes to it. Amen. As Jesus was just sitting there speaking the word to him, talking the word to him, there's such an atmosphere of faith. There's such an atmosphere of faith around those people that, that listen, that he, didn't, he wasn't going on laying hands on them. They would just begin to receive. They just begin to receive the life that was in Jesus. And, and, and people started getting healed and, and the lame started to walk and amazing things started to happen. Why? Simply because the word was going forth. Simply because they believed what Jesus was saying. I mean, see, this is why, like when we do worship and we, you know, we sing songs to him and about him and we're, 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 we're seeking out him. Why? Because, because listen, church, we've had people, I mean, Claire is one of them. She got healed just in worship and had her head about to explode. I mean, just lifted up her hands and began to worship. What happened? The glory of God came all over. Amen. You say, well, shouldn't, we shouldn't be laying hands. No, we, we lay hands on people. God gives us many different ways to receive from him. But, but I'm saying in this day and age that we're living in, amen, where we're coming into, amen, where, where I'm telling you, we're, we're about to see some amazing things take place. Listen, we, we're going to need to be able to decipher, amen, and not just be people that I, uh, if I can see those things happening, then I'm going to believe it. No, no, first off, we ought to just be people that believe his word and we can receive just because his word says it. Amen. Put faith in, in what he's trying to minister to us. Amen. And, and receive those things. You say, why is that? Because listen, church, you know, I, I desire miracles. Amen. I desire this, this place to be filled with miracles enough to where it's undeniable. Undeniable to where people can't, can't, can't not come in here because of what God's moving in this house. But, but listen, church, we need to get to where we're believing for miracles for other people. Not just for ourselves. I mean, miracles for other people. Why? Because if, if we can have set a faith, if we, can, if we can be so consumed in faith in, of, of the union 
that we have with Jesus, the union that we have with Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll come to that place that as we're, as we're walking around, we will be that walking. We will be that talking miracle ourselves. I mean, because this is what God's desiring to use you for. Amen. Not to just get the miracles met in your life, but no, you receive stuff by faith and then you become the miracle to other people. You, be, you lay hands on the sick and you see them recover. You speak that word to someone that needs a new heart and it automatically appears. You speak to the person that doesn't have any fingers. Amen. Lay hands on them and watch those fingers jump out of their hands. Amen. But, but we can't be in the place that uh, uh, when I see it or maybe, maybe pastor can do it. No, do it because the word says we can do it. Amen. Because we have that same anointing, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. I'm telling you, church, he rules, he reigns, he's quickening. He makes alive your mortal bodies. Glory to God. Glory to God, church. We need to be abiders. Abiders in his faith. Can we believe without sin? Can we believe revival's already here? Because I'm telling you, we, we, it's here. We, we, we got to believe it, not, not wait till we start seeing this, this place packed out. Because listen, church, we can have revival with three people. Amen. If we'll just allow God to work through us. Amen. Let's be believers. Be mindful of the adversary. Why? Because the counterfeit will come. The counterfeit will come. And I'm telling you, we can, we can take that as a, as a blessing that the adversary is trying to, trying to direct things because things are moving in the right direction. Amen. He pays no attention amen, when, when, not, when, when, you, when you don't have any power. Amen. But when you start walking in the things of God, the counterfeit will come to try to get people off track. So we're not going to get off track. Amen. Amen. We're going we're gonna to be who God called us to be. Amen. Amen. So let's pray and let's go ahead and dismiss. So Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. We glorify you. We honor you. Well, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I ask that you, you bring revelation to each and every one of us of, of who we are, who you've created us, who you've recreated us to be, Lord. Lord, that we have such a sensitivity to your spirit, such a sensitivity to your word, Lord, that, that we won't be the ones that deceived. We won't, we won't get pushed off the mark. We, we're not going to be of the elect that, that go a different direction. Lord, we'll stay full throttle, pressed in, balls against the wall for you, amen, until the day you come to take your church out of here. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for trusting us in this day and age, trusting us with revival, trusting us with this city, trusting us with this island, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for it. We say we're going to do something with it. We're going to trust what your word says. We're going to speak forth your word. We're going to, we're going to lay hands on the sick. Amen. We're going, to, we're going to watch people recover. We're going to watch this place change from the inside out simply because we believe you. Simply because we believe you. We'll allow ourselves to be the tools. We'll allow ourselves to be the vessels that you're able to work with, that you're able to work through. Just as, the, just as the apostles and the disciples said, Lord, just, we're going to stretch forth our hands. Stretch forth your hands through our hands that we may see signs and wonders and miracles through your holy child, Jesus. So we thank you for it, Lord. We glorify you for it. We thank you as we walk out of here, Lord, we claim Psalms 91 on everybody, on everyone that's here, everyone that's not here with us, Lord. We, we thank you, Lord. We are the protected of God. We are the healed of God. We are the blessed of God. And we are your ambassadors here on this earth. We thank you, Lord, for this church. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing on the inside of each and every one of us. We walk out of here as the ambassadors of Christ. You've called each and every one of us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by your blood. We're empowered by your word, and we are anointed by the